0: Micah Parsons is chasing an obscure but very important record in 2023. And tonight we'll break it down. We'll also talk about winners from the Panthers game. We'll get into the injury report because, yes, there is a Monday injury report and overreaction Monday. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy Cowboys content on this channel. Welcome, everyone, on a Monday night. Tonight, we are Chiefs fans. And, you know, the game has been a little bit of disappointing uh, QB play. But, hey, we are enjoying it, and we are rooting for Kansas City. If you are a Cowboys fan, you should absolutely be rooting for the Chiefs right now. Uh, but what's up, everyone? We've got a Guru, Peter Rizzo, Mark, Aaron, Jack, Katharina in the chat. Who else is around here? Uh, Shout-out to Mark Aaron as well. Shout-out to Jack the Toxic Cactus. Welcome, everyone, into the show. Let's get to it. Uh, Gregory also joins us. I already teased the script a little bit, but let's go over it. We're going to talk about Micah and his case of the Cowboys uh, or the NFL obscure record that he could be getting soon, and it's an important one, even if it's an obscure one. And then six winners versus the Panthers, and I'm going to do a little bit of cheating. There, but you'll you'll see what I mean in a little bit. And then we'll get into the early injury report, which I hate to inform you. It includes wide receiver CT Lamb with an ankle injury. Remember last night, we speculated a little bit about how CT didn't quite seem healthy in some points in the game, especially when he stood up after Kevontae Turpin fell on top of him. And I'm not saying that the Turpin hit did him, but there was a moment where he stood up and really didn't move. And then it was pacing around a little bit. You know, it seemed like something was bothering him. Turns out we were right ankle injury listed on the injury report on Monday. Estimated injury report. We'll get into that later. Uh, and then overreaction Monday, as we do every single week. Shout out to everyone who is joining the show right now. Uh, let's see here. Travis says, what's up, Mo? Go GIFs. You also got Marcus A. Micah was unstoppable yesterday. And Marcus, you are right. Your comment is 100% correct. That being said, there is one word in there which is not really necessary. And I'm talking about specifically the final word of your comment. Micah was unstoppable yesterday is just... You know, when you use the yesterday word, that might be a little bit unnecessary. And You know what I mean. Micah has been so dominant and so unstoppable all year long. Obviously, I'm half kidding uh, with the Mar- Mar- with Marcus's comments. But for real, one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is his case of the pass rush win rate in, uh, crown. And he's on such a run right now that he had a 4% pass rush win rate versus the Panthers. So it was Marcus said unstoppable. His season-long pass rush winning rate is now at thirty-four point six percent, and the record, and that's just since twenty seventeen. It was basically you know it's a very young stat, but that is the record at, you know for Joey Bosa. That is thirty-three point seven percent, and Micah is on pace to exceed that number now. A lot of people will be like, Who cares about pass rush win rate? I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to say I do. I do very much care about it because that's one of the best metrics in sports right now to measure a pass rusher getting after a quarterback. That's like a revolutionary metric from ESPN. Uh, PFF keeps its version of it. So I see some people commenting about the audio. I don't know if something is wrong on the. You know software because the audio here and even on my monitor like i can hear it very well if you guys can let me know if uh i should be doing something differently please i mean like uh, you know or if something sounded differently just now when i changed some settings it shouldn't uh it should sound as usual not sure what's going on with the audio but thank you for the people pointing it out on the youtube chat We'll see if that made it better at all, or maybe it didn't, or maybe it made it worse. You never know with this whole thing, so please let me know. I think I kind of fixed it. I really didn't do a whole lot because I can hear it well, so it's probably something like from the computer. Anyways, thank you so much for being here, as always. Pass Rush win rate. I care about it a whole lot, and uh, it sounds better. Really? It sounds better now? I don't know what I did. I really don't know. I don't know what that is all about. All right. I know that I'm dumbfounded right now by the audio settings, but going back to the topic at hand, Micah Parsons has been on such a dominant run that he's about to set a pass rush win rate record. Now, young stats, so since 2017, it really doesn't mean that much, but it does speak volumes about where Micah is at because I would have to look up the numbers or how often Joey Bosa was double teamed in 2017. And we could find those probably, but nobody is being doubled at the rate which Michael Parsons is being doubled. Miles Garrett might be the lone exception. And I'm making sure right now as we speak, now, Miles Garrett, according to ESPN, is still double teamed more often, but that's just like a 2% difference. And this has not been updated after the week 11 games which is obviously significant uh but we'll probably see an update there pretty quickly according to next gen stats though nobody uh has done it before that is the record that michael parsons is chasing and again it is a weird kind of number that many people will not care about but i'm telling you i do believe it is a very important one that is so weird. I, I'm still seeing the comments about the audio. I don't know what I did to fix it. I have a weird theory about it, but I that nub that I turned down should have nothing to do with the audio that the computer was receiving. So we have a hypothesis, but I'm not, I cannot confirm it. We'll see. The chief scoring fixed the audio, says Mark Aaron. That probably indeed was it, Mark, because as soon as the chief scored, the fix was in. Uh, let's see here. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Travis and Guru for your comments. Micah is in such a run, and I wanted to break down the X's and O's a little bit today. Hopefully, we get to do that tomorrow with Micah Parsons specifically, like those plays where he was on design pressures that worked well for Dallas. I would love to break down some of those. Unfortunately, I was not able to really sit down with the X's and O's and... You know, record some of these plays, which is usually what I like to do, and maybe do some drawings and talk about the plays in depth and then just play the pre recorded clips. Uh, but hopefully, tomorrow night, if not, then maybe Wednesday night. We'll see. Of course, Wednesday night will be a preview show for the commanders game, but we're, we're gonna figure it out. Do not worry, you're on ADZ Sports Dallas primetime. Moving on a little bit, though, I did want to talk about some winners from the Panthers game. And let me know in the chat, who is your, here is a keyword, word, the key, the key phrase, not so obvious winner from, from the Cowboys-Panthers game. Let me know in the chat. The reason why I said that is because I decided to put together a three-winner segment for this show. And then when I got down to it, I was like, the three winners are pretty much automatic here. You had to go with DeRon Blant, obviously, with the pick six, doing his thing and positioning himself really a little bit in the DPOY conversation. We broke that down and I shared my opinion as to why he isn't really that much of a legit candidate. But at least he's got people talking now after he tied the NFL record. And I thought, you know, everyone's going to say Bland. And then I listed the other two. And one was Tyron Smith, who, again, did not allow a single pressure against the Carolina Panthers. He has been playing at an all-pro level since he came back from injury. And it's not a question that he's an all-pro candidate. If Tyrant Smith keeps playing at this level, even with the games he's missed, he's going to be a first-team all-pro left tackle again in 2023. And that is the reason why the Cowboys decided to risk it and go with him at left the tackle instead of moving Tyler Smith to the left side. So obviously Tyron Smith would be a winner. And then Micah Parsons, who we just talked about a little bit more with the pass rush win rate stuff, he would have been the number three winner, in my opinion. So or number one, or like not in that particular order. But what I mean is, if we would have done just a three winner segment, that's where we would have left it. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to shake it up and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go with three not so obvious winners. So I'm going to mention three names that might be a little bit too controversial, but that's what this show is for, you know, going a little bit beyond the main storyline. So that's what we're going to try to do tonight. Uh, but in the meantime, some of your answers. To your not so obvious winner, Gregory goes with Terran Steel. And you know what, Gregory? I did not hate that one at all. Because, man, specifically that play where he's blocking towards the right side and he basically dives at two humans and blocks them, that was insane. I actually thought it was a little bit frustrating, surprising, excuse me, that he wasn't graded a little bit better as a run blocker by PFF. I do like the run block grades, uh, but he was seventh, eighth on the team. That's behind, I think, every other offensive lineman. There might have been one exception, but yeah, I think that's below. No, the only one that is worse is Zach Martin, who you know there might be, it might be time for a Sack Martin conversation. I agree with what John Owning tweeted out today, where he said that hey, Zach Martin is still pretty damn good, but he's not playing at his usual level, which is that of a undeniable first-team all-pro. That's all. Well, there was that particular play that we talked about yesterday where Derek Brown blows him up, and then he makes a tackle for a loss. Uh, it wasn't a good game for, for Zach Martin, honestly, but it was for Terrence Steele. So I do agree with you guys there. Uh, we've got Peter Rizzo saying Pollard should oh, – um, wait, what? Pollard, old-school Pollard, burst of speed. Yeah. That is true. Tony Pollard showed up on Sunday, specifically with that 21-yard run for a touchdown. Jack says he still definitely played better, and that is what I liked about Sterling Steele's game. You know, he really stepped it up a little bit. I'm going to go, and again, I like gurus. Tyler Smith is dominating. I know that Tyler Smith had a penalty, but other than that, though, I really like what Tyler Smith is doing. I might have taken the not-so-obvious thing way too seriously. So forgive me if I disappoint you. Let me hit you with my first not-so-obvious winner. I'm going to go with, <laughs> some of you are going to hate this pick, Look, Scoonmaker tight end. And I know what you're thinking. Mo, what the heck? Two catches is enough to get you on the winner segment nowadays? Steer me out a little bit here because this is a context-loaded one. Yes, it was only two catches. And yes, it was for 23 yards. And yes, when Dak Prescott found him on the seam, he was wide open. And by the way, let me just say Dak Prescott, man, is the best there is in the NFL at throwing the seam route. I'm not doubting that. You want to talk about any other quarterback being better than him, go ahead but not for the seam routes. I do think back Masters, though, and I'm just going to live in that world where I admit that he's the best there is in the entire NFL throwing those, those routes. Moving forward with it, though, two catchers for 23 yards might not be enough for many people to consider him a winner, but I'm going to tell you exactly why that is enough in my book. We were... We might still be in that area, but we were on the verge of assuming that he would be relegated to tight end three as soon as Peyton Hendershot came back from injured reserve. And remember, Hendershot is back practicing with the Dallas Cowboys. So we are in the 21 window for Peyton Hendershot to be activated to the 53-man roster. Uh, Mike McCarthy didn't reveal if his activation was going to happen. Ahead of the commander's game or not. But even if it doesn't happen by then, we were in this mom in this moment where it was like if Hendershot comes back, then Scoot Maker might be benched. And maybe this buys him some time. You know, two catches for 23 yards. It's pretty clear that the Cowboys were not against him. And maybe it was because they didn't have a lot of options. But this buys him time, in my opinion specifically the fact that he delivered when he was targeted 2-for-2, two two, 23 yards, and the touchdown. Uh, Marcus Jones says, My boy Schoonmaker with the first touchdown of the game yesterday was not on my bingo card, I'll tell you that much, especially not early in the game, as Marcus says. Schoon's guru. Mill seems to be Schoon's artwork, and you know he did drop that one early in the season. But now he's made up for it with a touchdown against the Panthers. So I'm excited about seeing you know if he figures it out or not. Because it's not like he's a player that doesn't have the traits. He does have them. He just hasn't really put it together. If that makes sense. Uh, Mark Aaron says I thought that Juan J. Thomas played good in the second half. He's better than Ye Lu. I'm not sure if I uh, if I can say that he's better than Ye Lu. In fact, I wouldn't. I also cannot say that I've seen. Juan J. thomas played the same position as jordan lewis at least not in a big enough sample size because you know that jordan lewis is a nickel cornerback and and Juan J. is a safety you know we've seen him in some corner situations but i'm not sure if we've seen him nearly enough at nickel so i'm not going to compare the two very quickly right here i'm just going to say that uh, but anyways number two not so obvious winner and now as i say this the Kansas City Chiefs are going into halftime as two possession leaders out there on Monday Night Football. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Tonight we're all Kansas City fans. And hopefully this show doesn't age the wrong way. Uh, my number two winner for this game. Give me Duran's Armstrong. Now I want to put together some tape and I want to talk about Armstrong in a deeper way maybe later in the week. I don't know if it's going to work, though, with the short week and everything. But he was second on the team in pressures against Carolina. Micah had an astonishing nine pressures, despite the double teams, despite everything. He was just out of this world. And Armstrong had four pressures, which is more than Sam Williams. Now, he did play a a whole lot more. And we know that Williams is doing a very good job himself. He had more pressures than the Marcus Lawrence in the same amount of snaps, actually, uh, a pass rush snaps, that is. But Darnold Armstrong was out there working. Four pressures, one sack or half a sack, actually, officially at least. He had two QB hurries per PFF. Armstrong is in this weird spot where Williams wants his place in the rotation. Dante Fowler Jr. isn't exactly somebody that is behind him in the rotation either because those snap counts are very close to each other. So Armstrong is in a tough spot, no question about it. But he made a name for himself yesterday for pressures, made sure the Cowboys noticed him. And you got to definitely, in my opinion, acknowledge that he got that together, and and he was good versus the Panthers. Uh, Let's see here. Gurus is Sam Williams, no love. And, hey, he also deserves it, you know, three pressures in about half the snaps that Doran Armstrong played, which is a great comparison for him. But I'm going to go with Sam Williams, uh, with Armstrong on this one. I thought that he put in some solid work. Armstrong's a little underrated a scam. And, hey, how can you not be underrated in a defense where – Micah and D-Law are the top guys. And then after those two, there's a group of three players that are pretty damn solid. Because I think Fowler is also underrated. And Sam Williams might also be underrated. The same for D.A. It is really a surprising, not surprising, uh, a really impressive group of defensive ends that the Cowboys have. And the best part about it is that they can take the field at the same time as soon as it's third and long or an obvious passing situation and the Cowboys want to go against the quarterback uh, with with all they've got. Mark Aaron says that he wonders if Carl Davis, defensive tackle, uh, former Patriot that the Cowboys signed to the practice squad, he wonders if he will move up. I would be a little bit surprised if he does, bearing any injury, but you never know. Uh, Jonathan Hankins maybe didn't have the best of games but I still don't know that he would be better than Carl Davis. Carl Davis didn't really work out in New England. When he was done in New England, he shared a very passionate message on social media where he was like, nobody feel bad for me. This was because of me. And he really take a lot of, you know, accountability for what went wrong with with the Patriots. But we might see him at, at some point in the year. I just wouldn't really... Bet on it being anything significant, basically, for the Cowboys. Uh, Let's get to my final winner. And this is one that could also be a little bit controversial, but again, not so obvious winners. These are not obvious winners. I already went through the obvious, Uh, but give me Jalen Brooks. (laughs) Give me Jalen Brooks. And I say that specifically because he was, you know, not that involved in the passing game, right? but he had some moments blocking. And in fact, he was the third best run blocker per PFF grades against the Panthers. And Jalen Brooks had nine snaps. Uh, no, actually 16 snaps, offensively speaking. That's, that is uh, nine blocking snaps. But hear me out. Kevontae Turpin had 12 snaps on offense against the Panthers. Now, some of them might have come, a lot of them might have come during garbage time but he's not that far away from Michael Gallup's 25 either or Luke Scudemaker's 25 snaps. So I just wonder, hey, could Jalen Brooks earn himself a role on this offense? And before you say, hey, what are you talking about, Mo? Let me remind you of this. Jalen Brooks was inactive from week one through what was it? Like, say... From week one to week nine, he was active twice, I believe. So he was a healthy scratch the majority of the season. And after watching him block the way that he did versus the Panthers and the way that the Cowboys have given him some situations where they target him, and he was targeted against the Panthers, really didn't amount to anything. But I thought it wasn't really because of him. But all I'm going to say is, hey, Gonna get involved quickly here on this offense. Uh, not a significant role, not like wide receiver four or anything like that, but could he carve out a role and remain active as he continues to contribute on special teams, which he has when he plays? I'm gonna say yes. So I'm gonna make him a winner. And he looks comfortable, as Guru says here. Brooks looks Floyd, and I like the way that he gets off the line in his release. I do think Jalen Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Has looked like somebody that belongs in the NFL. And that is definitely a W for him. Mark Aaron says, we need a linebacker in the worst way and Evans n- needs to bring it. I'm going to agree there. I like the Marquise Bell experiment. I like the Damon Clark situation. I'm not sure that it's going to work against the heavier teams when it comes time to face them. I don't know if against the Panthers, against the Eagles in week 14, or even against the San Francisco 49ers in a hypothetical playoff matchup, I don't know if we're going to miss a regular slash traditional linebacker. I think that we will. And it speaks volumes to me that after signing Rashawn Evans, the Cowboys were reportedly trying to pull off a trade for a linebacker. We talked about that back when it happened back when Leighton Van Der Esch was announced as out for the year, and it remains a concern. So I, I do think that, hey, I, I want to see some help from Rashawn Evans at linebacker because I do believe the Cowboys will miss the size a little bit there. Uh, Mark Aaron says, I was thinking when they showed Jimmy Johnson's name played in the Ring of Honor, they should have Herschel Walker name next to him in smaller letters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good comment, Mark Aaron. I'll, I'll give you that one, man. That was, <laughs> that was a good one. I didn't know where you were going with it until I got to the end there. Caught me off. guard. not, not going to lie. Anyways, let's go on here a little bit. Those are my three not-so-obvious winners. And before we get out of here, two more segments coming your way. First and foremost, the injury report. You know, this is the NFL's worst nightmare, I believe. A Monday injury report. Short weeks should be banned. And I know that with the Cowboys, it's different because they played Thanksgiving games a long, starting a long time ago, I think in the 60s. Uh, but everyone hates a Monday injury report because no one knows exactly what it means, because no one is practicing on a Monday after a Sunday game. And nobody knows exactly what to expect when the game is supposed to be played in three days. And that is the situation right now for Dallas with C.D. Lamb listed on the report. Oh, no. With an ankle injury. Oh, no. And he was a limited participant. Now, remember, just an estimation, the Cowboys didn't actually practice. It was nothing but a walkthrough. So that's important to keep in mind. Now, Mike McCarthy was asked about this today and the only thing that he was able to say was that they would know more on Wednesday. That wasn't the actual quote but it was something like that. He basically explained that Monday and Tuesday the Cowboys are going to take it extremely easy and then that maybe on Wednesday they were going to ramp it up a little bit and then they would be able to test, see the lamb a little bit to see if he was going to be able to go. Uh, he did mention that it wasn't a high concern but he clarified because it is monday so it is too early to tell what the injury means the cowboys are going to test cd on wednesday and then they're likely going to make the decision on whether or not number 88 will be able to go for a thursday when the cowboys play the commanders in thanksgiving but it does suck to be worried about your top wide receiver days before the matchup on a short week now we did talk a little bit about this on Sunday, that maybe C didn't look 100. There was one route where he's working towards the right sideline. I believe it's somewhat like a corner route. And he doesn't quite get there. And it did not did seem like he was not at a 100% in that play. And there was the one where he gets a big gain. And then somebody shoves Cavante Turpin after the play is dead. Panthers get flagged for it, actually. But once CD stands up, he just stands there and he doesn't move for an extended period of time while the officials are talking. And then he kind of paces around like looking uncomfortable. And when that happened, when we were watching on Sunday, I was worried. I was like, man, that, that likely meant something. But nobody said anything. The Cowboys were not saying anything on the, you know, Press box or anything like that. We didn't hear about any of that. And then Monday comes around and boom, he's on the report. So it's like suspicions confirmed right there. Hopefully, he is ready to go. He's probably the biggest concern on the injury report. Uh, Rico Dowdle not practicing is not a surprise or, a, or being estimated as a young participant. We know that he was dealing with an injury on, on Saturday. We know that he played. So maybe just let's be patient there. Uh, Jaron Kier is not practicing with a back injury, something to watch for sure. And then it was also uh, Terrence Steele who was limited with an ankle injury. And then also listed on the report, but as estimated full participants, you get Peyton Hendershot working back from injury. We'll see if they activate him for this one or not. Uh, you also get Cavante Turpin, all participant once again. And Oza Odigizuwa, obviously, these last three players were also on the report last week, but now they're fully practicing, or at least estimated as such. So I hate to be talking about an injury report on Monday. I hate Thursday football, whether it's Thursday night football or Thanksgiving football. The one thing that I freaking love about it is the uniforms, because, man, we're going to see those throwbacks back on Thursday. and. I'm excited about it because those are clean, clean, clean. Uh, solid says, Aubrey will have a perfect geek season, says Solid Duck. Hey, man, he, he's been pretty much perfect, at least on field goals, not the extra points. And then there was a running gag on Twitter about an account that had some fun with the Brandon Aubrey situation. If you know, you know. But man, I was dying laughing on Sunday when I saw your, your, uh, I mean, when I saw that tweet, if you're on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. But people were having some fun with Cavante Turpin. Let's see here. Uh hey, solid doc. I appreciate that. He says, I think this show has the best live viewer to like ratio of any YouTuber. I've seen I cannot see the likes right now for some reason. My software is failing. But if you guys are enjoying the show, do me a favor and hit that thumbs up for me. Uh, It might also be that we're happy because the Chiefs are winning. And by the way, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. Uh, Let's see here. Mo, you were badass at getting the facts. So salute to Mo. Double R, appreciate you, sir. You know what? Second half is about to start. I know Cowboys fans do not want to miss this football game. So let's save overreaction Monday for next week. And let's get to watching the Chiefs and the Eagles right now. Because I know that's what everyone's, everyone wants to watch. And if you are watching on replay, if you're watching this show on a replay, then I hope that the Chiefs won and, and that you were into it the whole time. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. And let's go, Chiefs. Let's root for the Chiefs. Massive game. Massive game here. Let's watch the second half and have some fun. Thank you, guys.